the funny thing is the difference musically between David and I, I've obviously gotten introduced to a lot of his music that he liked, but at heart, I'm still a pop girl and I love pop music even to this day. I could listen to that all the time. So even what kids are listening to, I never grew out of that. I will listen to it all the time. Um, that never um, has left my, <laughs> my soul. I still like pop music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and uh, we continue um, in our couples week. That's right. I guess ladies should be first, but the way we work <laughs> this out, Jennifer, is I, t- I talked to Dave first, and now I'm talking to you. So yes. when I put the episodes out, I guess I'll have to be in that order. But Jennifer Van Ebbles, welcome to Set Less Singers. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, so my name is Jennifer Von Ebers, and I live in the Chicagoland area. I have my whole life, and uh David and I have uh, just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary, and we've been dead together for 20, almost 29 years, so um, quite a long time. Um, fun fact is um, we grew up a mile from each other, never crossed paths until um, I was 25 and David was 31. So, um, And then once we met, then we had uh, friends in common, obviously new people that um, were there, so it was kind of like a, a small world and I always think like how many times did our paths cross growing up and you know just never even knew it kind of thing so that's kind of fun if there was a, if this was like a romantic sitcom right like you would have seen each other you know at the point of view of you like turning right and if you had turned left there had been him yes. or he did the same thing right like you know that's that's pretty and actually, funny our um, meeting is surround. the way we met was surrounded by music. Um, my, we met actually, actually at a bar, an Irish bar um, in Forest Park and it called Duffy's. And it was the night before Thanksgiving. And I had no intentions of going out at all. It's like the um, area where um, we met, there's a bunch of bars on the same street. So it's a popular for, you know, young people to go out the night before Thanksgiving yes. and um, meet up with people. And I just like was not, I wasn't going to have it. I was just like, I went to Blockbuster. I got a movie. I was like, got a frozen pizza. I was going to settle in for the night. And one of my girlfriends called and um, talked me into going out. And I was like, okay, fine. So I got up and got dressed, met at the bar and everything. And so um, back then, obviously, you could still put money in the jukebox um, yes. <laughs> to play um, music and stuff like that. So um, I was going to put songs on the jukebox and David and his friend were right next to it. And so David was there first. And so he was like picking, wanted to pick out songs and like his friend was like, kind of give him a hard time. And so it, he didn't get to pick all the songs that he wanted. So I had my money. So I was like, well, we could pick songs together kind of thing. So that's what we did. And then I just went back to my table with my friends. He's hung out, stayed with his friends. And then eventually at the night, came over and then we started talking and then pretty much the rest is history from there because then 
I met his family at that Christmas. We moved in the following June. We were married the following March. So it was just kind of like one of those things. It ones that spark, you know, it, it was kind of like that. That's it kind of thing. So that's a fun story. So we no, kind of met around music. <laughs> that That's great. That, that, that's, I love that story. It's, it's so nice. Um, you know, um, especially when you know, right. Like it just, you, you, it, I often think about that, you know, when you are starting to in, in, when you're in your late twenties or early thirties, right. You, you tend to, you kind of know what you want in a partner. And so it's, it's a little bit easier as Linda, that's my wife. Um, there isn't enough money in the world for her to go back doing that. You know, she's like, yes, yeah. If something happens to you, bud, that's it. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go live in a yurt (laughs) somewhere. I always like to go to the beginning. So talk about growing up Illinois, what kind of music did your family listen to? Were they very musical? My dad liked big band stuff. So he liked all like the um, Glenn Miller, you know, like big band stuff like that. And I was trying to think of like when you, one of the questions, like what the, like the beginning music that I listened to. Yeah. The Carpenter, the Carpenters I loved, Barbara Streisand I loved. Um, just any kind of those, I could still probably sing the lyrics to any of those things. And then obviously being a teenager in the eighties, then, um, my favorites and goes to Madonna, Cindy Lauper, B-52s, U2 was just starting Cindy Lauper, um, Celine Dion. I'm still a fan. I'm the funny thing is the difference musically between David and I, I've, obviously gotten introduced to a lot of his music that he liked but at heart I'm still a pop girl and I love pop music even to this day I could listen to that all the time so even what kids are listening to I never grew out of that I will listen to it all the time so um that never um has left uh, my <laughs> my soul I still like pop music which well is I will I will tell you Jennifer I I grew up in the 70s. So I went to high school, uh, graduated in 1977. So I grew up on top 40 radio, you know, Casey Kasem, American top 40. Uh, So um, I was just on a podcast um, last night, I was a guest on one. And they were talking about, you know, what other music do you love besides Bruce? And I, I said, well, you know, I, I go back to a lot of music, but I said, you know, one of my first musical loves was uh, listening to, you know, the radio and Barry Manilow and, and Boston yep. and, and, you know, Neil Diamond and James Taylor and all these just, you know, absolutely. Just, yeah. I loved all that pop music. Yeah. I, I have never grown out of that. Um, so that's still to this day, I, I will listen to that and still mm. um, enjoy it. And yeah. fun fact is David and I also um, had two concerts that we were at at the same time before we met Duran Duran. Yeah. Neither of us wanted to go, but we were um, with friends that had talked us into going and it was the only time they had performed in Chicago and it was the same night. So it wasn't like there was like a, they were performing for three nights kind of thing. So into our relationship, we were talking about, you know, going to concerts and stuff. And I said, I'd gone to Duran Duran. He's like, I was at the Duran Duran concert. And I was like, you're kidding. So that was kind of crazy. And then another one was um, at uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton was like a big um, uh, thing and Poplar Creek. No, I don't think it was Poplar Creek. 
I can't remember what it was, but we were also at that same, not the same night, but the same um, right before Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away. So that was kind of a, a, a quinky dink too, that um, we were both at that concert as well. I'd also seen Tom Petty several times. He had seen Tom Petty. Um, we both saw Tom Petty actually the summer before he died. So that was another um, thing we saw him at U of I um, literally like just a few months before he passed. So those things, and we did have in common. I saw the police three times. Um, he's seen um, Sting in concert. So those things are kind of like, um, yeah. we did have those commonalities. You, I know you, you said that you were not as big a Bruce fan as Dave, but you certainly yeah. have kind of, so um talk about when did you first discover bruce and what about him spoke to you or it's just because dave wore you down <laughs> definitely not before because dave wore, wore me down um obviously i knew him just because of the popularity of his music and things sure. like that but once i um started listening to it in more depth and more of the albums and everything and his songwriting is amazing. Um, it's very uh, sometimes emotional, you know, kind of thing. It like just brings you to a different place kind of thing. I actually, I love his voice. You know, a lot of people say like he doesn't have a great singing voice, mm -hmm. but that's my favorite part is it's like not perfect, but it's just kind of like he he sings from the heart kind of thing. I also yeah. love about his band just in general is like um, Clarence. I love the saxophone. So that was always like when they have like all of the musicians on the stage of just like all the singers and then just everybody and just the um, joy that they have when they're performing. I always appreciate that, especially like bands, um, that have been around for so long, you'd think that you, they would get tired of like playing the same things over and over mm -hmm. again or not have the same enthusiasm or just kind of like going through the motion kind of thing. But it's like anytime I've seen him in any concert, either on um, TV or HBO or something like that, the passion and the, the just going for it and just having just like making it such, such a, a great experience for the people who go to see him I always treasure that because it's just like that's rare to find and it's just like so it brings you joy because like obviously this is something that they can do over and over a million times however many times people want to sing hear old music versus new music whatever they um will put on a good show so I've always appreciated bands like that that you just really um, obviously he sweats through a lot of shirts and everything. Yes, he does. And just go, it goes crazy. The concerts are over three hours long. You get your money's yeah, worth. Absolutely. My, uh, so things like that is like amazing. My son always jokes, uh, that, you know, Hey, that shirt started out, uh, as white. <laughs> Light, and now yeah. That, yeah. Like, and now that it's this dark purple, uh, right. yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that is a really good thing. One of my favorite stories um shows how old I am Linda Ronstadt was on the tonight show when Johnny Carson hosted it and um she was talking to Johnny about how she would get tired of singing Blue Bayou and a couple other songs and she said and then I recently went and saw Frank Sinatra and she says and I, I wanted to hear everything. You know, there were all the things I wanted to hear. And then I realized, oh my goodness, that's what my audience feels. 
Yeah. She goes, so I never mind doing those songs anymore because I know there's someone there that's seeing me the first time and they want to hear those songs. Absolutely. So I always think that's a great story. It, it kind of to talk about that. Uh, well, very nice. I, I, you know, Bruce doesn't think that much of his voice. He, he says he doesn't think he's that good of a vocalist, but I agree with you. I, I think he has a great voice and, and I love hearing him where the, whether he's doing his own stuff or when he does the covers, you know, he does covers. You, um, you've probably of course listened to the um, podcast with him and Barack Obama. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get through all of it, but I got through several episodes and same thing. It's just like, just down to earth, just normal person. And you, you just feel like you could walk in any room and he would, you know, talk to you just like a normal person, you know, not have like a very big celebrity status attached to him. Yeah. He, uh, obviously doing the podcast, but even if I didn't do the podcast, you know, if you had that list of celebrities you'd like to have at your dinner party, you know, you would think he would be a good guest. He would have some good stories and he and Patty would make for a fun couple to hang out with. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A thousand yeah. percent. agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, so anyway, as we were talking, you mentioned that um, you you love to blog and Instagram about your food. And so talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about how this started and why you decided to your, your other passion, uh, you know, yes. beside music is food. Um, well, it kind of started growing up. My dad um, was a professional chef. So when okay. my sister and I, I have a twin sister and an, an older brother who's like two years older than me, than us. But when my sister and I were in junior high, he went back to school. He was like a commercial artist um, and very um, talented in that, right? But he also had a passion for cooking. And so he went to culinary school when we were in junior high and became a chef. Um, Worked in um, some like hotels um, in uh, their um, food department and things like that. Uh, But at home, I mean, it was just like extravagant. You know, like he just really went to town making things, um, and just making it super special. My mom also cooked. So it wasn't like my dad was the only person cooking. So I also learned some skills from my mom, but literally like the, the technical part of it, of like, um, you know, if you're making a meal, like, what do you have to start first? That's going to take longest so that everything like finishes at Mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah. Uh, when we had sleepovers, my friends just loved it because my dad would just make the biggest spread for the next day homemade hash browns, homemade danishes, you know, quiches. I mean, it was just like insane. So he really like did it up and especially around the holidays enjoyed just creating just the most spectacular meals. So that's where I first got it. So, um, and then when I was little, I also tried to enter the Pillsbury baking contest and it always has to be an original recipe. Mine was always like some version of a chocolate chip cookie, which is kind of funny that's not going to win a million dollars, but right. I was like, just put a spin on it or something, some extra ingredients to think like I made this up. It's not something I saw, you know, kind of thing, but I always like doing that. And then when, um, you know, the internet came around and then, um, I started seeing other people doing food blogs. Um, mm-hmm. then I was just like fascinated by that. I had no idea how to create a website, how to create a post, how to put a picture on. I had no knowledge of how to even get started. Um, but I was like, I think I can figure this out. So in 2008 is when I started my first, um, blog. And then I like re, um, 
I rebranded it with a different name. So Jen Cooks is what I have now, but my first um, blog was a different name. But I started that in 2008. And then um, my brother um, works for Apple. So he's like a big computer person. And so he set up my first WordPress site. So, um, and then just kind of like, I walked me through like the beginning stages of how to do that. And so doing that, then I got more confident of like, oh yes, I can do this. So then of course I had to like start with recipes that were my family favorites growing up and things that I like to do. My second reason was I was the completely picky person uh, as far as like what foods I liked. I like very little. Yep. I liked very little fruits and vegetables. Hmm. I didn't like any foods touching the plate, everything like that. So I kind of like, um, every week would go to the store and buy a new vegetable that I hadn't tried, tried to recreate, make it and things. And then it turns out I liked every, I like tons of vegetables. So then that opened up a whole new world of like, Holy cow, this is like amazing. Like I can make so many more things. Um, poor David. I like <laughs> for the first part of our marriage, it was just like carrots, <laughs> yeah. you know, just like very little um, things. Like I didn't like asparagus. I didn't like broccoli. I didn't like yeah. pepper. I mean, it was just onions, the whole gamut. So it was, I'm sure he was probably like, thank God we finally had like some like real food. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and so then that kind of like started really nice, you know, and then I started getting like, um, companies reaching out to me, asking me to try their products and things like that. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. So I did that for a while. And then of course, when Instagram started, I didn't hop on the Instagram um, wagon for a couple of years. Um, cause I was again, just like, do I need another platform? I don't know, you know, kind of thing. And so then once I started doing that, then, um, I just had even more fun. I liked that more than the blogging part. Although it's kind of like you want to have, you just have to be everywhere. So now right. like on Instagram, Pinterest, you know, have my blog, Facebook, all that stuff. So, um, and just learning like the whole social media thing has been fun. So I started from nothing. I have like 26,000 followers now. So that's wow. kind of fun. That and, is amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like on gangbusters and then, um, just the people that I've met have just been amazing. Like most of them I have not met in real life, <laughs> but yeah. like, I consider like my very best friends, you know, cause we talk all the time and stuff. And so I'm on Weight Watchers. So a lot of my recipes are, um, healthier. Um, I show the points for them for people who are on Weight Watchers or just in, as, a, as an example of like how to navigate and try to lose weight where food is everywhere, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it is it's, it's hard. It is. <laughs> um, and not treating it like a diet, but treating it more of like, um, you can eat, you just can't have, you know, like pre weight watchers. It would be like, I would have as many points as I get now for breakfast. And then I also have that for lunch and I would also have that for dinner, you know? So it's just kind of like, you can't do that every day, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it um, is. It, it, it is a struggle. Uh, one I fought my whole life. And, um, it, it is just, um, there is that it it is difficult too. And, and so, uh, I, I appreciate that. What, what kind of, like, I do this podcast because I truly love talking to people. Uh, you know, I love finding not just Bruce Springsteen fans, but any people who are passionate about something I love sharing with them. So what drives you to keep doing the Instagram and the blogging and in the food? What, what is your motivation? 
I think because I've just never run out of ideas, you know, kind of thing. I love the creativity of it. And then just being able to, um, you know, figure out just different ways to make things. So I like um, large portions. I like abundance, but I also want to make it healthier so that you don't feel like you're on a diet um, because it's not a diet, you know, kind of thing of just incorporating things and not taking anything off the table. Obviously you can hear things of like, Oh, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, but then it's like, you read it and it's like, you've got, um, you've got, uh, you know, intermittent fasting or no carbs, you know, and stuff like that. That's just not really anything that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, that's not fun for me. So I don't yeah. care if it's a slow weight loss, as long as I can enjoy it and have pizza and beer on the weekends. And I'm, that's my plan. And that seems to be working. <laughs> well, good. Good for you. Um, what, so do, what, what makes a more popular blog, like a post or a posting? It, it, have you figured out the, what your audience is going to be happier with? Because I will tell you, I have no thought, like I will post a, a new episode that I think, oh, they are going to love this. And I'll eh, just, then there'll be another one that I thought was nice, but for some reason it clicked and I get tons more downloads. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is funny that you say that because there sometimes is no rhyme or reason. Like you could put in a huge effort for something and spend yeah. hours in creating and doing the food plating and everything. And then I could take a snapshot of like something that was just like, not even just like my lunch and post it and then get three times as much, you know? So it's just like, wait a second, then can I do that all the time? You know, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah. And you just don't really know. And of course, every platform changes their algorithm and changes how you're supposed to do it now with TikTok being so um, popular with videos now, Instagram wants to do videos. So now they want you to do reels, which is like a very, you know, a 60 second or less um, video to try to compete with um, that. So it's, and that part I like too, because it's just constantly your challenge to learn um, new ways of um, social media. So it just kind of like is one thing. And in doing my blog, doing my um, Instagram thing in my day job, I work in an architecture firm I was able to um, take over their Instagram for their thing. And I ran that for a couple of years. I was not in marketing. I was not in PR. I had no business doing that. I was just an executive assistant, but I loved Instagram and I knew somebody wasn't doing it on a regular basis. And so I asked um, several times, I'm like, can I help with their channel? And then finally mm-hmm. they said, yes. And so then it was kind of like having the confidence of doing it for food. Then I was able to do it for my architecture firm, which yeah. was fun. Um, and then when, um, two years ago, or maybe it was a year ago, um, the person who ran all the social media um, channels for the main accounts for my firm quit. And then like, Jennifer, can you jump in and help until we find somebody? So then all of a sudden I'm on the main Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. And I was like, holy cow, this is, this is weird. But then had they not done all that other stuff? it would not have given me the confidence to do that or I would never have given that opportunity. So I always feel like starting my food blog has opened a million doors for me that I never would have been able to pass through had I not learned all that stuff. So why did you and Dave decide to do a podcast? 
also um, a challenge and doing something new. Um, we're fans of podcasts, of course. And then so we decided it would be fun to do one um, as a couple. So we have our joint Instagram account called Jen and Dave. So we have over 150 episodes on Instagram for that. And that we started during the pandemic because obviously we're all stuck at home and everything. And it was just kind of like, uh, we're just like, how about we just start our own channel, you know? And so mm -hmm. that's how that started. Um, so that, um, that we talk about everything under the sun for the podcast. Um, we talk more about um, our marriage and um, it's, we have a mixed orientation marriage. So David is gay. I am straight. And we have um, kind of like wanted to use it as an example to people who are in that situation. There's many people who are um, to continue to have a successful marriage and um, how to navigate that and, um, and just kind of be like um, an advocate for anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. Our daughter is transgender. We have other transgender um, folks in our family. And so we are always... Um, listening and seeing what's going on out in the world and try to bring a bright light into, you know, different types of um, situations that people go through and then just kind of like um, talk about our lives kind of thing. So it was also another learning curve because we had never done it before. And so learning how to set it up, learning how to um, successfully record it. We got some um, new microphones and things like that. And then we made another blog for that. So we have a blog there uploading it and then obviously figuring out how to get it on Apple on Spotify and all that stuff, which I'm sure you've had to, you are an expert at, but for us starting out, it was just kind of like, okay, how do we do this kind of thing? And we've successfully done that. So we have 10 episodes so far um, and we try to post there once a week. Yeah. The name of the podcast is in the shadow of the evening tree. Yes. Um, and, uh, which is obviously a Springsteen quote. Um, what, what do you, what question do you guys get a lot that you are either give me both sides that you're always happy to answer. And then the one that you roll your eyes with, I can't believe we're getting asked this again. Well, we actually, since we just started, we haven't really created like a ton of um, like a community of people right. asking questions and things like that. So we actually have not encountered any like repetitive things like okay. that. So we're in the process now of marketing it, advertising it and creating kind of like a dialogue and things like that. So people do know that it's a safe place to ask questions and things like that, but we're an open book and we just figure that, you know, whatever comes our way, um, we're not afraid to answer any questions that come our way. Okay. Cause, cause I, I, I remember I was reading, God, this is years ago and hang with me. I will get to the point. This will sound like I'm going on. It was a, um, Douglas Adams book. Uh, the same guy who did, um, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It was, um, and somebody said, um, I'm a private detective. And someone said, you know, I had a neighbor that had a trombone. And you're like, what? And, and, and they said that she went to the question the guy would get with is, where do you practice your trombone at without destroying your neighbors? So I'm trying to think of the question that everyone asks a private detective. So I don't ask that. <laughs> and, and so I always think of that because um, there is a lot of curiosity about 
uh, marriages or couples or, or just society different. We are, you know, for the longest time, we were very, uh, we were never vanilla as we seemed, but the there was a lot of hiding, you know, under yes. that vanilla curtain. And so I, I'm just, I'm curious, not just on the podcast, but just with the personalities, with your fa- family and friends. Uh, it sounds like you've gotten a lot of acceptance. Oh, a hundred percent. Immediately um, we did. And, uh, and it was something that was just never, um, you know, once um, David came out, then it was just like, it was just part of our lives kind of thing. And so yeah. We obviously told our kids right away and um, both sides of our family and everything. And so, um, but yeah, we obviously have grown up with families that um, have dealt, you know, with um, the LGBTQ plus community. So it wasn't ever a situation like, unfortunately, so many people today, like your family disowns you, your parents yeah. don't talk to you anymore, you know, and things like that, which is heartbreaking for us. And we, always like if we see any um any young person you know on social media or whatever who is just like heartbroken because they told their family and yeah. then they don't have a family anymore it's just like we'll be your parents you know <laughs> just like you yes. want to like bring them in like that's unacceptable you know kind of thing so um and I also think because and that helped because when our daughter um came to terms with her trans being transgender then she didn't feel like I can't tell my parents because I don't think I don't know what they're going to say you know kind of thing so I think that also helped in her being comfortable um and she just turned 26 she came out to us when she was 22 so it's been four years but same thing like she knew that she would have you know a, a loving family no matter what and so we've always told our kids that and that's just the way we've always been so very lucky to um be in that situation where um, it's just normal, you know, kind of thing. Well, yeah. So Linda and I got married. I, I met Linda in 1980. Um, we got married in 1984. Um, and so this June, we will celebrate whatever that is in marriage. I, you know, 20, this is or, yeah, yeah. 36. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the um, there, you know, you have so much history together as a couple and, and, and as friends. And um, so it, it, I, I, I get the, you know, that this Bruce has that line, you'll need a good companion on this part of the ride. Right. And that's, you know, what Linda has been to me and I hope that I've been to her. So I think that's very cool because there, there are a lot of things that make up a marriage. I talk a lot that it's never 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10 and sometimes it's 10-90 and you just hope that it isn't always 90-10 toward, you know, that you're having to carry the whole burden all the time, yes. you know, that it shifts enough that, you know, you both are getting what you need out of the relationship. Exactly. And so, and obviously since we've been together for so long when you were young and going through, you know, having kids, buying houses, um, he's, his um, two brothers passed away, his mom and dad passed away, my dad passed away. You go through all those life changes and there's like a sense of comfort having to ride through all that, you know, your whole life. And um, so we've always had that. And so it was just kind of like one of those things where, you know, it that's what we wanted to do is just stay together. And yeah. um, that's what we're doing. 
Good for you guys. I almost got teary. I was just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story that uh, I, that um, there are th- things when you are proud as a, of a father or a parent, right? And I will tell you one of the moments where I, Linda and I looked at each other and said, we did okay. Um, Chris was going to school um, at uh, college in East Texas, and he was dating a young woman who was Hispanic. And, um, and we had not met her. And she said, um, are your parents going to be okay you dating someone who's Hispanic? And Chris looked at her and said, my parents would be okay if I brought you home and your name was Julio. You're, they're going to be fine with you, Martha. You know, exactly. and, and, and I was, I, I felt like, of course I would, but it felt very honest that he felt that secure that he knew that no matter it wasn't who he brought be an home, issue. it wasn't going to be an mm-hmm. issue, no matter who he brought home saying, this is who I love, that we would love them uh, regardless. And that's how it should be. And I, I just feel sorry for people who don't have that same kind of um, family yeah. dynamic. So yeah, it's always a tragedy to me. Yeah. Have you seen, they have at the um, Pride Parade, they actually have um, parents that says, if you need a hug from a mom, if you need a hug from a dad, you know, kind of thing. Yeah where you can just stand there and then they just give, give hugs all day. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, that's amazing. Yeah. We ended up being in Atlanta a, a couple of years ago during pride. And um, my, I had relatives that were a, at a, um, at the time candidate Trump um, rally. And so they had sent photos of us, you know, they'd sent photos to, my wife and I of them make America great. And we oh, just, it, it, so we had a couple of people and we told them and they said, come here, honey. And they, they hugged Linda and I have this huge picture of us with all these people with their pride shirts and these things. And they're like, let's send them this photo. And like, right. And we, we just, it made us so happy. So uh, <laughs> that's you know, awesome. Yeah. It was just great. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've listened to a couple episodes. I've really enjoyed y'all's discussion. I think there's a sweetness and a candor to your relationship. Um, so I'm glad what, what do you guys, what are plans for the podcast? What do you want to do going forward? Well, I think we, um, obviously want to, um, continue, um, posting regularly so that we do create an audience and things like that. And then just try to, um, like I said, bring a positive light to a different kind of marriage, you know, that, um, is, it's not all, you know, black and white and it's not all doomsday, you know, kind of thing. If that, if that you come into that, um, circumstance kind of thing. And, um, so we do want to get to the point where we are getting the comments and the, um, where we can kind of create that community and um, of, yeah, just sharing um, a positive light for other people who may be going through the same thing or who maybe haven't come out yet. And like, are worried about like what happens in my marriage if this happens, you know, kind of thing to know that there is, it doesn't just automatically mean like, that's it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's really good. Um, So um, let's go back a little bit. Um, we are all hoping that Bruce is going to tour. Um, oh gosh, are, yes. 
are there songs or well let's talk about are there is there songs not necessarily from bruce but from other bands or something that songs or albums that mean a lot to you jennifer that you go to to bring comfort to help joy to you know either when you're Um, needing energy to you know go run errands or you just need uh, something to brighten your day well, um, one of the bands that um, David introduced me to that we saw in person at the very beginning of our relationship um, was the Mavericks. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with them. I do. Um, and so that has become like one of our favorite um, bands to go to. Um, we've seen them many times um, for the same reason as Bruce. They've been together for decades and the joy and the passion that they bring and especially during COVID, um, the lead singer, um, Raul Mallow, um, was just doing live from his living room, uh, like mini concerts that you could like, it would be like, I'm going live at five o'clock. And then we'd log on, you know, if we could and um, listen to him play a few songs and things like that. We actually saw him in a solo without the band, but just himself right before the pandemic, it was like March 7th, you know, it was like mm-hmm. right when we thought like something's happening, you know, and then of course, obviously soon after everything kind of shut down. So, and it, the place that we saw him was um, a small venue and kind of like just a few tables and mostly standing room only kind of thing. But we just happened to be in the back with the door where he actually came out to come on stage mm-hmm. and so of course I had to like touch his back I was like hey how's it going and Dave's like of course you did <laughs> you know and then he had and then he had like a little um little um intermission so he came back out you know and people were clapping and everything and I was like high yeah. five you know and then stuff like that so um I do enjoy that um and then also um another band that David introduced or person that David introduced me which I love is Keb Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him several times. His music is amazing. I like some of his softer stuff. That's just very, um, good. Um, Garland Jeffries is another person that has become personal friends. Him and his wife are now personal friends of ours now, um, which has been nice. And we've seen him many times and David actually got to interview him, um, for a blog post that he was writing for. And, um, it's just been amazing that we've been able to, at least for that person just be become close friends with somebody who's like super famous like that and has been in the music industry for so long um and then of course I always have to turn to um when I had my um Spotify playlist um what my most songs listened to was for 2021 it was still Celine Dion was number one so that also I go back to um Pink was the other one um and um Justin Bieber (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. You said you were a pop girl always. So good for you. Yes. That is nothing wrong with that. Um, are there any, when Bruce tours again, are there any songs you really are hoping to hear him perform live when you guys um, get to go see him? Well, um, Anything off the river, I think, is um, meaningful to um, me because I actually got a signed, um, autographed album for David. That was like even bef- like very early on in our relationship because I knew he would like that. It was like going online to try to find yeah. and you know the certified autographed thing. So that would be good. Um, I like the song "I'll See You in My Dreams" is one of my favorites. Sure, um, and just pretty much any. Um, and also the ones that I have like the big the big um 
the saxophone, like that, um, yeah. anything like that. We sure. are actually lucky to see um, Clarence Thomas's um, nephew. Um, Jake Clemens, like, yes, Jake, Jake Clemens. Jake. Jake. So we saw yeah. him and we, we have pictures of him because we saw him at um, Old Town um, Folk Music where Dave and I took guitar lessons. Oh, so a fun. very small, very small venue. So we got to meet him uh, backstage, um, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's just if he comes, I we've got all alerts on. <laughs> that yes, he will exactly. Be so that absolutely. It's like, and we would fly anywhere, you know, to see him kind of thing. David's gotten to see him in concert. I have not. So. It's something okay. that's definitely on our list to do. Yes. And you, uh, um, if I should fall behind, would kind of bring you to yes. tears, right? You definitely. T- that would make you 100%. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, so Jennifer, um, any final thoughts? Is there something I should have asked you that I haven't? Um, I don't think so. Um, we got through a lot of stuff. Um, if anybody listening likes to um, any recipes, they're welcome to um, look at my Instagram. It's at Jen Cooks, and it's with two N's. Um, and then my blog is um, Jen-Cooks.com. So okay. I post recipes all the time on there. So um, they're more than welcome to follow me on Instagram and see what I'm doing. And then um, I also am a big fan of um, the stories, you know, on Instagram. So I put something on stories pretty much every day which is another great way to meet people who they really get to know you behind the scenes of, you know, just the right. static posts. They can see your personality and, you know, how, what I'm doing throughout the day. And um, I get tons of messages and followers and it's just been amazing. I will, um, you, if you'll send me the links, email me, yes. send me links, I'll include them in the show notes. Very nice. Uh, this has been so much fun, but I, gotta, I know I appreciate. No, it. I this is a lot of fun. I I, I loved getting to talk to both of you <laughs> separately, and I we may have to do this where they're all three of us together and tell stories. Would be, we would totally do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's end with the Mary question. So uh, if you are. Uh, a fan of Jen Cooks, and you're listening to this podcast uh, because you want to know more about the amazing Jennifer. Um, I end every episode with the Mary question. And uh, where that came from is Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, recently retired, uh, who um, would spend, when he was teaching, he would spend two days breaking apart Thunder Road for his honors English class. The students would look at all the lyrics. They would talk about the imagery Bruce uses. They would talk about the themes of the song. And at the end of the two days, Jay would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So, Jen, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I think she does. Okay. Um, only because I feel like it, the opportunity to try something new and go on the road and get away from her hometown and try something new, take a chance on this person and um, continue on. I, um, that's my thoughts. I think that she definitely got in the car. Very nice. Good job. All right, Jen, continued success in your Instagram you. and blog and your podcast. I'm so glad that I've got to meet you and Dave. You are wonderful people. And I feel honored that we're visiting. Um, Listeners, you go get vaccinated, go get uh, boosted. Um, Let's all be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. 
Bruce Springsteen Live provides fans with an intimate look into Springsteen's creative process. The Bruce Springsteen Live exhibit opens at the Woody Guthrie Center on Saturday, April 16th, running through Sunday, September 25th. The exhibit will feature iconic artifacts, live performance footage, instruments, stage costumes, exclusive interviews, concert posters, and photography, as well as unique interactive displays to immerse fans in Bruce Springsteen and the band's creative process. More information can be found at WoodyGuthrieCenter.org. Please let them know that Set Lusting Bruce sent you there, and I'll see you in Tulsa. I want and need your feedback. You can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter at SetLustingBruce or at DFW. I have an Instagram, SetLustingBruce or DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor Who, the How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Jr. talk pop culture, and finally, my newest podcast, The Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I am always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listening, Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 